Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. So yesterday I listened to a Zoom conversation with some process theologians talking about Advent. Oh, man. And there were so many big ideas and big words that almost all of it was unusable for our purposes. Really? (laughs) Well, you have to translate it all. They're like, well, you know, because we really don't talk about panpsychism very much, you know, you know, pan pan pan-entheism, we can deal with maybe a little bit, but still it's kind of like, you know, pushing it. Anyway, it was good. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. So. Yeah, it um, is good. It would have been good. I think I can go back and watch it still. Yeah, and I didn't know it was actually going to be a, a, a it was preview of an upcoming class. Right. So, which is disappointing because I don't want to talk about Advent during Advent unless it's like some kind of spiritual pilgrimage for myself to go through Advent. At this time of year, I'm looking for resources that I can use on Sunday mornings. That's right, exactly. Like, I, I really needed an Advent class in September. Yes. Hey. So, we could be doing an Advent class next year in September. That's right. So right now we should be talking, well, maybe not now, maybe soon we should be talking about Lent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on uh, BeADisciple.com. That's right. We we need to work on, we need to work on that. You know, it'd be great. We just need to schedule out two or three days for you and I to sit down and just chart this stuff out. Yep. So let's let's have a retreat. I'll be up in Moscow. No, I won't be in Moscow. I'll be in Spokane. Let's go to Spokane. I'll add another day to my trip. What what are you when are you going there? Well, I'm gonna be there in three weeks, uh two weeks for a track event, indoor track season. Ooh. And then I'll be back there about a month from then. So about I think January fifteenth, sixteenth, I'll be back there for another track meet. So maybe I should just schedule some extra time and just, you know, because you're you're about an hour from Spokane, right? Yeah, an hour and, you know, give or take 20 minutes or so. Yeah, because it's it's it is as far from here to Spokane as it is from here to Portland. Yeah, it's that seems right. um, I think from here to Portland, at least to parts of Portland, the part places I use, I, I, I regularly go 413 miles. Ooh. And I think to Spokane, it was like 408 miles or something like that. It was, close, huh? it, it just doesn't seem like it should be that far away. It does. Uh, it, yeah. You're like a whole state closer. It should seem yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's that going well, you're ready, north thing. You, you ready to jump into our agenda? Yeah. Let's okay, do so it. Okay. We're going to start with our icebreaker question. Okay. What is it? I, don't I can't know. see it. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Gotta click the buttons. Oh, what pets did you have while you were growing up? Oh, it has me going first. So I had I had a cat named Mittens. My mom had a chihuahua named Sugar. But somewhere along the way, I started to want uh, to have a bird. So I remember getting a bird cage and started off with a canary. And then after the canary didn't survive, got a parakeet. And and one of the things that I had read was that it's good to take the birds out of their cage so they can kind of like sure. move around the room a little bit and yeah. kind of have, you know, spend their wings and get a little flight in. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I don't, I don't know if I was 10 years old. I don't know how old I was, but it's maybe 10-ish. But I do remember my mom more than once, like screaming through the house, not like out of fear, but out of frustration. <laughs> yelling my name and saying, 
I almost vacuumed up your bird again. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and so, you know, if you have the have the extended nozzle, you know, and you're like getting baseboards and you know, under the bed and all of a sudden they're uh oh, that's a canary, you know. So Oh man. But um you know, those were those are the animals we had in the house. Uh, somewhere along the way, I found a desert tortoise in the alley. Ooh! I I had I had a habit of walking home through the alley and picking up interesting pieces of trash, <laughs> you know. And I bring it home and go, Dad, this looks really cool. Can we use it for something? And he, you know, he's always like, Well, there's a reason it was in the trash in the alley. <laughs> You know, it's, I remember bringing home like a bright orange um, pylon, you know, those, you know, road oh, cones yeah. and stuff. It yep. was, in, it was in the alley. And I, I brought it home thinking it was, a, you know, a great hat. A treasure. And oh. my, my mom said she saw me walking home, you know, with, behind the fence. And all she saw <laughs> was this orange cone, the tip of it kind of bouncing along as it came to the back fence to get into oh, the, to the, you know, into the house, into the backyard. <laughs> but uh interesting trivia about uh the cone shaped hat that most people know as a what kind of cap a, a dunce cap do you know where that word came from isn't it john dunn scotus yeah he thought if you wore that it helps you get smarter really yeah it actually you know funneled all this brilliancy from the oh. you know transcendent down into your head it's like a reverse funnel i knew it i knew it came from him but i didn't know what the yeah. reasoning was yeah, oh. very, and, and and so that's where the word dunce actually comes from as well dunce, from dunce goes. Dunce, but dunce, anyway, dunce. so so back to the tortoise. Found this in the found this in the the back you know in the alley. Brought it home, put it in, you know like oh look a tortoise. Um, you know that was easily fifty years ago. Fifty years ago, oh, more than more than fifty years ago. I mean, I'm an I'm an old guy, so that's probably like fifty <laughs> years ago, something like that. And that desert tortoise is still alive in the backyard of the house where I grew up. You know, after my after my dad had died, that was one of the conversations among my nephews and nieces. Um, what's gonna happen to Gus? Because that's the name wow. of the it was named Gus. And uh, fortunately, one of my nephews and his wife moved into the house and they're taking care of Gus. Oh, and uh, Gus, by this time of year, gets put into a box covered with leaves and he just kind of hibernates for the winter. Right. And then he'll come back out in the spring. And this is in Tempe, so it's not like the winter is severe. Right. It's mild. And, uh, but that's my goodness. That's the oldest pet I've ever had. You know, it's it's, crazy. it's easily it's probably older than I am. Wow. Uh, and has, you know, they, has, it, has they, it grown at all? Or yeah, it, 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 it grows. You can see rings of shells, almost like a, almost like a tree rings. You know, you can see these different layers of shell forming around the edges and stuff. And huh. and every and every once in a while, uh, I remember we would paint one of the squares on its back just to see how it shaped over hmm. know, the years and stuff. So yeah, that's a that is a pet I had. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What what about wow. you? Your turn. Well, we had, you know, most of the regular stuff, dogs and cats, lots of cats. At one point we had, because, uh, you know, we grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere and stray cats kind of accumulate or can accumulate, especially if you put food out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we always had or there was a good stretch of time where we would have over 30 cats around the farm. Oh, my gosh. And I would have to take out. They were good, you know. They were great mousers type of thing, and right. uh, so they mostly fed themselves or whatever. But on occasion, like a few times a month, I would have to take out a big old bag of cat food and just dump it in a. We had a tractor tire, and we'd dump it in the tractor tire, and then these cats would just zoom the place. So they were. I mean, they weren't literally, I guess, pets. They were more like, hey, they're farm workers you know that were keeping the so they so they weren't exactly feral right they were more like opportunistic you know, just <laughs> like oh yeah we'll, we'll yep. be a pet as long as you put food in the tire 
That's right. On occasion, and they took care of the mice and rats and voles. We had a lot of vole, or we would have had a lot more voles, but these cats took care of those. What what damage would a vole do? They are, you know, they burrow underground and into right. tunnels, and and so especially so your yard. Eat, they don't eat. Can... They don't eat grain then, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so, but they did get, there was a bad season of distemper among the cats. Do you know about distemper? Well, yeah, uh, a little, but yeah. Yeah, I wiped them out completely. So we wow. went from 30-something down to really only like two. One was uh, one that we, as it got sick, my mom actually nursed it, and it was so emaciated it looked like a shell you know like or like oh wow. this is for sure dead and our neighbor came and was like i can just please let me take this cat and put it out of its mercy or you know i put it out of its misery there we go and, uh, <laughs> my mom said no i think we're just a day away and so my mom would uh, feed it with uh, a medicine dropper you know would just drop drop into its mouth prop it up and she did nurse it and it Regained full strength and stayed in the house for the rest of its life. Oh. And, and lived out a long life. So we called it wow. Tuffy. Tuffy from then on out was its name because it toughed out that bout of distemper, which usually kills, you know, it's like 99% uh, kills cats, you know, type of thing. So, so did you like cats as a kid? Yeah. Or, was oh, they, yeah. or were they more like, okay. Because you're a dog guy, right? We have a dog, yes, and I've always had a dog. Uh, I had my favorite pet of all time was a dog, and his name was Boots. And Boots was super loyal. He was a uh, a um, border collie, and uh, just stuck by our side all the time. Me and my sister was always protective of us, and yeah, that was my favorite Boots. And he died when I was. Probably in middle school, right around middle school. Yeah. Well, it's a... well, technically, here's the thing: we don't actually know what happened to him. To be honest, with you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Assume he died, and uh, what happened is there was a there was a, a a shepherd, you know. So we have kind of open range, free range type stuff out there farming in rural Idaho. And the shepherd would come through. He would ask permission, you know, to graze his, his uh, sheep through uh, the stubble after, you know, harvest had already happened. And so he was doing that around our valley. And our and Boots kept going out there. I don't think he was, like, chasing sheep and, like, wanting to, like, eat them or anything. But probably maybe, I don't know, maybe herding them or something. And <laughs> the shepherd was not pleased. And so he came to us and said, hey, you know, your dog won't leave my sheep alone. <clears throat> and then one day he was just gone. And we're not sure what. You know, it could be something simple as the assumption of boots, kind of like, you know, Enoch was taken up into the cloud or something like it's that. Right. There you go. Exactly. That's what maybe, like maybe there's an apocrypha, you know, <laughs> apocryphal he book. About... Dog. He was such a good boy. <laughs> that, yeah, he was a good dog too, but. I guess apparently yeah, that's our, that's where we're thinking that may have been what happened to him. You know, maybe uh, the I mean, a border collie and say and telling him don't go play with the sheep. I mean, right, right. that had to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, and we are you know we're wide you know out there in the middle of nowhere. We're not like keeping dogs inside type of thing where they're they roam. They, but yeah, you know he didn't roam home one day. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a sad note to end on here for our icebreaker. <laughs> but you know, I think that I think that leads perfectly into this this idea of some of the theological assumptions that we carry through life, you know. And yeah, you know, one of the thoughts that I was thinking um, about this after our last conversation was where where do some of these things begin, and then how do we get kind of how do we test out our assumptions, or how do we get beyond some of them? And I began thinking about well, what is my present theological understanding compared, what is it like now compared to say when I was a 20 year old, you know, in college? And and why, is it the same? Is it different? Uh, and and what makes it change? Just yeah. out of, 
And, you know, talking about the disappearance or the death of a dog, you know, does mm-hmm. that does that does that lead to a theological kind of like thinking or a thought as a kid? I mean, meaning ah. of life, meaning of death, that kind of stuff. And but yeah, how do you how would you say your how different is your theology now as it was going back 20, 30, however many years you want to go back? Yeah. So when I was 20, that would have been about 23 years ago. Um, I would have been probably just right at the end of, because I can remember flirting with Calvinism for a few years. Okay. Yeah. I because had it, a, made, it made sense, or was it part of what you grew up with? Well, I wouldn't say it was part of what I grew up with, although it was a bit of a debate in the church that I was in, you know, had, there was kind of a couple schools of thought and they were the men, the men especially were kind of open about debating those things that like men's, we had like men's breakfast every week type of thing, you know, prayer breakfast and stuff like that. And then my, I think it was my sophomore or junior year, there was a pastor of a local church who hosted a morning we, he called it seminary class for high schoolers, you know, like a zero hour type of type of class. And he was heavily, you know, very Calvinist. He was a reformed, you know, style re- reformed type of pastor. And, and uh, so that was his big thing. And so he was very adamant about teaching us about that approach, that theology and philosophy. And yeah, it made sense, like logically, like if you begin with, Hey, the opening point, the keystone to build on is God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Well, then logically it flows out from that, you know, this way of thinking about everything. So I flirted with it. He gave me a book. In fact, it's probably, I don't even know where it is anymore. But he gave me a book that was like a, I can't remember who, who it is now, what author it was, but it was a, I recognized it at the time as like a big author in neo, you know, Calvinistic reformed type stuff at the time. And and that was like, okay, this is it. This all makes sense to me. I love it. I'm going to defend this. I went to school wanting to become <laughs> a, uh, my, I wanted my degree to have something to do with apologetics. And so I wanted to be a logical, defend the faith, great debater you know Ravi Zacharias was one of my heroes oh yeah so that's also yeah period of time it seems like uh all the uh, apologetics was all the all the rage huge big time yep and so my actual pastor at the church he was from Dallas Theological Seminary and he uh, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary is opposed to Calvinism but they are not opposed to, they're very hardcore on apologetics and, you know, right. logic and reasoning and defending the faith. So he took, he loved that part of what I was exploring. He had a hard time uh, with the Calvinistic side of things. So he would actually come to seminary too, because they were actually friends, you know, local pastors. And he would teach sometimes in the seminary as a fill-in. And he would always bring his own, like, for example, one time, he sat up at the class, he was subbing for the other pastor, and he had a bag of soda, you know, cans, and he walked around oh, okay. each, <laughs> each, each student and uh, um, said, oh, would you like a, a can of Coke or whatever it was? And we could say yes, or we could say no, and we would walk around, and he had enough for everybody to have one. But of course, not everyone said yes, some said no. And that was his opening illustration for, you know, God's grace uh, sufficient and for all. There is enough for everybody. There's no, you know, not you can respond with a yes or a no. You have a choice in this matter. And that was. Hello? Oh, you just went. You just, you just muted yourself. Uh oh. Well, somebody oh, was there trying you are, to. There call. You are. Got it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to hang on here. Yeah, that was the problem with the phone. I knew somebody was going to try to call me. Okay, I'm going to pause. Can I pause? Do you need me to pause? Yeah, maybe pause for a second and let me message.
Let me share it real quick. Whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of our conversation. Yeah, so it is. Anyway. I'm going to stop that. <laughs> All right. I think I had, so probably around that age, I had a much more open openness, which is funny to say, towards reformed and Calvinistic thought and uh, the God, you know, ultimately sovereign in control of everything and even controlling, not just in right. control, but controlling yeah. everything. And then probably, even if I didn't, like I was probably at age 20, I was probably moving past that, but I was still holding on to the idea of like at least needing to defend God, you know, needing to be a perfectly analytic, logical, building great arguments, defending the faith, that kind of thing. So what 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 makes theologies shift? Because you're you're just the way you just described it, you know, that you were beginning to move, you were beginning to shift. Why? Yeah. Um, but honestly and, and I guess and part of that is like what's the what's the is there is there a something that's generalizable that's I mean is there what what makes people make those shifts? Yeah. For me, like honestly, it was just moving out, moving to Portland away from How Idaho, being around more people, being around people with different ideas and perspectives, and yet still uh in their with their lives, you know, fruitful. What we would call fruitful, meaning uh having the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And for me, and what I was thinking as a kid. And in my immature view of faith at the time was just, you know, like they shouldn't be producing fruit if they are or, you know, they're they're contradicting what's right. They're not upholding the truth as I as it's been made known to me. So how are they being how are they so loving, caring, joyful, uh, self-control and all those you know fruits of the Holy yeah. Spirit? Yeah. So it's not so much a crisis of faith as it is um, noticing, kind of that there's there's a greater there's something else out there. It's not not just yeah. one way. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the dangers of of apologetics. I mean, I used to be really into it and listen to it because you know a lot of radio preachers is that it seems to assume there is one way, and it spends a lot of time trying to really project one particular interpretation and defend that rather than looking at things of it's really trying to be certain mm -hmm. and certainty isn't always the best tool for faith it seems in fact it's okay. kind of opposed to faith yep yeah yeah for me like i can remember thinking so so for me like i never Honestly, I've, I've never really in my life, except for once, and that's more recently, and at a time probably more able to cope with a crisis of faith, but I never had that. You know, when I yeah. changed my ideas, it was seamless. It was just like, yeah, no, that uh, that makes way more sense to me than that, and I <laughs> I didn't feel like I was losing anything as a, when I was changing or shifting. In fact, I, I felt more like I was gaining a broader wider appreciation a more helpful loving way of thinking about god and so yeah, yeah they truly yeah. hit a crisis and of faith yeah. one of the things that you know i i because i you know growing up presbyterian going to baptist becoming a mennonite and then as a mennonite flirting with just about every other denominational <laughs> tradition you know um, <laughs> it seems you know hanging out with episcopalians and lutherans and Methodists, you know, uh, Nazarenes and all those kind of folks. It's like, what I found is I never had a clear sense of rejecting the past. Right. And uh, rather than, oh, there's a really cool thing over here. And I think it's one of the things, you know, as an old guy, you know, stuck in my ways, makes it difficult for me to understand um, the process of of um deconstruction right and 
and I'll have to admit that I think that's just partly an age or generational thing, a part of the church that I grew up in that, that doesn't maybe exist anymore, in, you know, mm -hmm. at least in common experiences of church, where I kind of somehow, I guess I grew up with the sense that I had permission to explore. Oh, I like that. You know, and, and and certainly there was an orthodoxy. Presbyterians are big on creeds and, yep. and all that. But, you know, I I felt free to question. But I, I also know that when I questioned some things that my pastor told me, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and, and only later in life finding out that he was wrong, of course. Because oh, yeah. uh, they, they, they did do that. But it was... But yeah, that's that's when I remember asking about, you know, I'm reading the Gospels and Sermon on the Mount and going, I don't think Jesus would participate in violence. I don't think I would. I don't want to register for the draft back when that was a thing and became yeah. a thing and then stopped being a thing. I think I went back and forth for a while. But and he was like, well, as Presbyterians, we don't support conscientious objection. Oh. And it's like, OK, well, I guess I'm looking elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> But, but you know, later in life, I find out. Oh, yeah, they 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 they're not opposed to that. Yeah, but my pastor at the time was. So that's that is strange that you would say that because I would think that any faith tradition would have at least something they would cautiously object to. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 War, but yeah, this was he meant specifically warfare. Right. Yeah. But but yeah. So. <laughs> But still, even even my relationship, you know, with that church I grew up in, while I am not a Calvinist, and really am happy to have gone out of that, you know, way of thinking. Um, you know, it's I, there's still a lot of valuable things that uh, right. theologically that I hold on to. That's right. But I do well, I do wonder if some sometimes the theological assumptions that we have when we are young or first introduced to church if we just get stuck with those and don't know that you're allowed to to grow up <laughs> you know that you're you're allowed to change that and alter that and you know have it go through a per period of transition and, and so i think it, I, I think it kind of kind of goes you know both ways that like, yeah there's something stable that you stay with but there's also something that you can move and you can change from and my hunch is if we communicate to churches that you can't change as soon as you do feel like changing it or exploring elsewhere you're now told you don't you don't count your views aren't aren't appropriate um, so what one of the quotes that i came across today <clears throat> going way back in time have you ever read my utmost for his highest yes oh yeah it's Oswald, one of devotional classics yeah. Okay. yeah and wasn't he writing like the mid-19th century yeah not that like, long ago wait not not the 19th century i thought it was the mid-19th century no 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 i meant i meant like that's really not that long ago is what oh, i'm trying okay to say. yeah 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 well, i mean yeah because i think it was initially writing to civil war or, you know yeah. it had something to do with that i think so he has this quote. It says, certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. Ooh. To be certain of God means that we are, to be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all our ways, not knowing what tomorrow may bring. This is generally expressed with a sigh of sadness, but it should be an expression of breathless expectation. Hmm. I'm gonna chew on that one a bit. Yeah. So rather than going, gosh, I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. I don't know what you know. Blah blah blah. And being yeah. Speculative or disappointed. It yes. should be breathless expectation because, like, hey, God, God is good. I'll be. I'll hold on to that. And so tomorrow's gonna be something. Ooh, that's something. perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. In fact, this is this last Sunday. I preached almost exactly that. So what the um, the text was, and I didn't follow, I'm pretty, I don't think this was the lectionary, I'm pretty sure. But what I used was the 
John writing from John where it's the feeding of the 5,000. And then he goes out onto the boat, you know, or he walks on the water short right after that, you know, catches them out on the boat in the middle of the storm. But John specifically describes it after the event is over. He says some boats came from Tiberias and they pulled up to the spot where the people had eaten bread after Jesus had given thanks. And that's how he chooses to describe it, where they had eaten bread after Jesus had given thanks. He doesn't call it mm. the miraculous place, the place where Jesus worked a miracle and created all this food or whatever. He says, huh. after Jesus had given thanks. And so I focused on that. I know maybe it's, you know, who knows if it's theologically, well, whatever. My point was uh, simply... Yeah. Nobody knew what was going to happen next. And Jesus was giving thanks anyway in that moment. And then God provided. So it was like for us, our mindset of like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen next. I have no clue what's going to happen next, but I'm going to thank God for whatever is about to happen because it may not look like I want it to look like, but I trust in God and God's goodness. So. That's what I yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a great post Thanksgiving exactly sermon. It's like wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's what I went with. But yeah, that sounds like that's very Oswald Chambers-ish. I didn't realize it. That's pretty cool. All right. So yeah, so I'm gonna leave it up to you here to manage oh. a wonderful segue from, you know, after the place where Jesus had given thanks. Yes. So, yeah, and, yeah, I was thinking about some things about sports. I don't know if you want to talk about sports. Oh, sports. Yeah, please. Did, Let's did, talk did about you it. Watch, did you watch the Vikings game last night, by the way? I um, I got to watch maybe the first quarter, and then I had to okay. go to cantata practice. All right. Well, because I, I here's the headline I saw on it. Yes. The worst football game ever. <laughs> I did hear it was a snooze fest. And it was it was written up in uh, uh, the Athletic. In there. I know that was I think that was the headline: the worst football game ever. And they described twenty-two points total from both teams with zero touchdowns. That's right. Oh wait a minute! I thought there was a touchdown. The Vikings. No wait, wasn't there? I thought there was a touchdown. Well, what I'm trying to do is figure out how do you get twenty-two points? Yeah, with field goals. So there must have been a safety in there. Me too. Let me. I'm gonna go look because I think there was a touchdown. I think the okay, Vikings did right. score a touchdown, but maybe then the zero, Bears, maybe Bears zero offensive a, touchdowns. Or that something. could be. Yeah. Let me. Um, let's go look it up. NFL.com. But, but it did sound like a snooze fist because oh, what? One team was four and eight, and the other one six and six. Yeah. It's like yeah. All right, scores. Here we go. Monday, picking the Chicago Minnesota game. Game tracker plays, and there was lots of interceptions. Oh, oh yeah, man. that was the other thing. There were a lot of <laughs> there interceptions. There it is. One touchdown in the fourth quarter by the Vikings. Okay. That, that did put them up 10-9. to nine. And then the Bears <laughs> managed to fumble. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Okay, touchdown. Yeah, fumble. Then the Vikings had to punt, so the Bears got it back still and still won with a field goal, 12 to 10. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Oh, boy. You know, it, it seems like there ought to be there ought to be a whole other level of, what's the word? Anti, anti-climactic games. Like, oh, boy. Yes, these are some of the worst games. I mean, some of the, and, you know, <laughs> when they do these schedules, you know, for network at the beginning of the, you know, well, not even the beginning of the season, how many ever years in advance, there's no way to find out who are the worst teams. I know. And what well, happens when Monday, Monday Night Football gets stuck with people who are not quite the bottom of the barrel. There are worse. What is yes. it? Uh, who, the who's the, the worst? Panthers. Panthers. Panthers are. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're in the same article. The Panthers, what are they, one in 10 or something like that? Yeah. And and they traded away their their top trade pick. So even now losing at the very end of the year, being at the bottom of the barrel, that's right. they don't get first they don't get first choice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and you know who does? The Bears. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears no. have their pick. So uh if the uh yeah, so they could end up with the first pick 
and not even have the worst uh, record because it's the Panthers yeah, yeah, pick. That it, by this time of the season, you know, they're beginning to jockey for the position for the bottom. Exactly. So they get those picks. Yeah, um, so the Panthers may want to win a couple. At least they're not giving up the... Who uh, knows? Yeah. Oh, wow. boy. Uh, but I will say the thing about say the vikings in particular they are on they're using a a a quarterback who is this is his third team for the year really yeah yeah because they lost kirk cousins to a bad injury and so they were humming along actually all right with kirk cousins uh then he got injured and so they bring in this guy and he's not a bad player he's actually very athletic and uh, he, he's kind of a good story. His name's Joshua Dobbs, and he's an astrophysicist. He interns at NASA. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he started with the Browns in preseason. The Browns decided, well, Deshaun's going to be back in time, and we'll go with this other guy, PJ Walker, plus a rookie as our you know fill-ins when we need. He they sent him to the Cardinals because their Cardinals quarterback was gone and injured and out. So he started with the card, you know, he was with the Browns training camp and preseason, went to the Cardinals, started with him the first eight games, showed up in Minnesota and like on a Friday and had to play on Sunday. He was on the field still meeting, still meeting players like he hadn't met them all yet and was playing and they won. They won that game. And so it kind of became a cute little story. But now I think it's catching up to him that he's a not your uh, you know, not who you want at necessarily as your franchise quarterback. So he's, he's an astrophysicist who plays football rather than That's a football right. player who's that, also an astrophysicist. There you go. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a fun little interesting story, but he did, he threw four interceptions last night. I think it was. And yeah. So he is very, uh, he, what's funny. Here's what's funny by, Last week was his second game, and I think they might have won that one too, but maybe they lost. But he scored a touchdown rushing, and he became in the second game as a starting quarterback with that rushing touchdown, became the Vikings' leader in rushing touchdowns. That should tell you <laughs> a little bit about what's going How on. How well with things team. are going there. <laughs> oh man. Yep. So I don't know if you looked at this article that I that I posted uh, on on here on the outline but here let me quiz you we talk about okay. nfl you know we sure. talk about college football we talk about that stuff but yeah, yeah, what yeah. is the number one most popular sport in the okay. world well that was probably pretty easy yeah my gut says soccer or right yeah football yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. okay with an estimated 3.5 billion fans that's over wow. half the that, that's just under half the planet right oh geez that's so huge. What's, and, and it makes sense. And we, we get to experience that in North America because, I mean, it's yeah. really gaining popularity. It's starting got, to pick up. You know, professional leagues. We've got great college. We've even got uh, um, Lionel Messi now. Yeah. I mean, so it's, I mean, it's a big deal, right? Yeah. And we do, we do fine on the world stage. But, yeah. You know, the women do we'll much better women. than the men. Oh, but still, yes. you know, yep. still play well. Mm-hmm. And so that one makes sense. But number two, what's, what's number, number two? What's the, yeah. What, what is number two? What, what do you is think? it? Uh, I'm gonna okay. Perhaps part of me wants to say either rugby or cricket. Ah, okay. So it is cricket. Oh yes, exported so, by the the col- colonial. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 you know it's a it's the fruit of colonialism. Mm-hmm. And so um, the International Cricket Council, the ICC, identifies 125 countries participating in cricket Ooh, um and that's it's, quite a few it, and it's massive in india pakistan oh yeah you know so that those those old strongholds have, of the british empire that heavily skews the numbers a bit those those oh, countries yeah, no I'm kidding. Sure. yeah if you've got if you got <laughs> india or china as you know your primary fans you really got a lot of people going your way right yeah yep but also just the that number of identified uh, countries that participate that's, that's a lot of 25 yeah that's all that's most of the world's countries do 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 we have a international cricket so team? that's so that's <laughs> i don't know if we've got an international one but it's definitely something that's really picking up yeah you know at, um several years ago i had a had a colleague 
who kept inviting me to go to uh, the park and watch her husband's cricket team. Oh boy. They, they were, uh, I Pakistan cannot understand from, cricket. Oh, they're from Pakistan. And we had that conversation that I cannot understand cricket. And she <laughs> said, Oh, is- you need to, you need to come to the park and watch. I don't and, What is it? How do the points? It's like ridiculous. I, I, and you know, I need to sit down and watch it just out of curiosity. But there are also those games, they last, you know, people complain about baseball going over three hours. Can't they go days? They go days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not just pack a lunch, it's pack a tent and a sleeping bag, I guess. That's so crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. get like the wickets. I don't get like what uh, an over. I don't like a bowl, a bowling, a what? Oh, I know. I know. Scores can we, get in the hundreds, right? On we, one. We, we've got language. But Are they called no inning? I don't even know. Is it called an inning? What is it called? I don't even know what they're no. called. A so turn? We got to learn. That's something to learn. <laughs> okay. What the the third most popular sport internationally? It really caught me by surprise. I'm gonna go with. Uh, okay, I said rugby, but now you got me thinking. Could it be like volleyball or maybe volleyball's a good a good guess? It's, <sighs> volleyball is number five, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Tennis. Tennis is number four. <gasps> Okay, let's see. What are my options left? It's not rugby, right? Definitely not rugby. No, not not okay. rugby. That yeah, and rugby is really limited if you think about it. To yeah, New Zealand, good. South Africa, mm-hmm. Australia, England. Not tennis. Not volleyball. Would it be like golf or golf is number eight? Oh, jeez, boy. Uh, not lacrosse. Not. Maybe like cycling or swimming or cycling would be a good guess. And I, the numbers, I don't have the numbers on that one. Oh, okay. So it's not in the top 10. No. What would it be? I so don't know, man. Oh yeah. Number You're losing. I don't know anymore. Field, field hockey. Field hockey. I almost said lacrosse. That's close, yeah, right? That's kind of, except the ball's <laughs> on the ground instead of through that's the true. air. But yeah. Or, okay. Field hockey. All right. Field hockey. All right. Yeah. Volleyball mm-hmm. was number five. Yeah. Um, oh, so, um, Tennis was number four. Yeah. But number six is an interesting variation of number four. Oh, pickle, so number four is ball? tennis. Oh, What's table, number six? Table tennis. Table tennis. You got it. Yeah. So table tennis. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, okay, if you've got, you were just saying earlier, if you get China or India or something yeah. like that, you've got massive, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's definitely a strong Asian sport. Wow. And, uh, oh, that's crazy. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and finish off the list. Yeah. Number seven yeah. would be baseball. Baseball, yeah, that makes sense. Big in Japan, big in Japan, it's mm-hmm. really growing uh, yep. internationally. Dutch, uh, Australia, yep. yep. Golf already mentioned. Number nine, basketball. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Which yep, is yep. greater mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. number ten, which is American football. American football, yep, yeah. Yep, and so I, it's it's just kind of interesting to put it in perspective because we end up getting pretty easily, you know, kind oh. of ethno ethnocentric where hey yes, nfl is the whole thing yeah <laughs> it's like no it's not <laughs> mm-hmm. basketball so. makes sense actually a lot of these sports make sense right because i think we've talked about this on here once before maybe a couple three years ago about yeah. how um soccer you know anybody can can play it right it's uh you just need a ball you don't even need all the other equipment you just yeah. here there's a rock there's a rock that's a there's a those are goal posts oh yeah and then let's go play out in the dirt patch you know like and, and you don't even need an actual soccer ball right in a lot of um villages and oh. things it's just whatever they can kick whatever whatever's so, around it they can kick one of the guests we had on here a uh, number of years ago uh greg kendallball mm-hmm. a photographer for the new york times and one of one of the uh, in, while he was still developing his craft, he would uh, put out on Facebook, "Hey, do you do you do you want me to come spend two weeks with you, and I'll do a photo essay of what your nonprofit is all about?" But you just get, and, and you don't have to pay me; you just have to give me room and board while I'm there. And then he'd go Ooh. on, then he'd go online and say, "Can you you know help me raise support to get to this place?" And he went into Central Africa, and I can't remember where it was, and he took these brilliant photos of this orphanage that wanted wanted him to come. And um, so many of the photographs are of these children without you know, anything. 
taking old rags, winding them up in twine and making soccer balls that's and right. playing soccer you know, on the dirt. And it's like, yeah, that's why it's such a powerful international game. So right. It, it's, so good. it's, it's, you know, it, it's open to so many different people abilities to play. So. Yep. So maybe it. we'll so get all these other sports articles here, but that was, that, I think that's an interesting one. Just kind of put it in perspective. That's right. It's so. not all NFL. Isn't the end all be all in the world. Only in our little world. In our little world. Which yeah. tends to control the narrative sometimes. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah. Ah. Well, time for our Patreon commercial. Hey, Patreon. Tell me about it. What is Patreon? Patreon is a way for people to become patrons. <laughs> what is a patron? A patron is somebody who pays <laughs> pays in trons, I guess. <laughs> So, well, and so the in the Roman, no, is it the Greek world where they would have that was a whole system, right? Patrons would say, or maybe no, 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 more like oh. medieval times, and they would well, pay to support an artist so they could do their work. There's there is that, but it also made me think of the uh, uh, Luke's gospel where Jesus says, "Your benefactor benefactors rule it over you." <laughs> oh, do you remember that? You remember yes, that passage? That's where true. Where he's saying, "Hey, these people are doing good things to you. They want something out of you, right?" Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> and so, what we're asking for Patreons to do is to send us money to be our benefactors. That's and right. Ma- we'll do whatever you want. Producing stuff, whatever you want. Yeah. As, we'll as do long it. As it as long as it fits exactly with what we're already wanting to do. That's right. <laughs> now. We're only asking, you know, hey, just baseline, a couple dollars a month, you know, buy Craig and I each a half coffee each a month. Just you know, a half two, coffee. Just a half coffee, two bucks, because I, I'm sure Starbucks be is more. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, don't don't even worry about shipping us the coffee. Just give us the money and we'll we'll buy yeah. the coffee or something. And- and on Patreon, there's there's you know these set amounts for for gifts of two dollars, five dollars, fifty dollars. There's also the customize option, Ooh. and I suppose Ooh. if you wanted to give just one dollar to see if we fit in your budget, that's Absolutely. a place to start. Just dip your toe in with a dollar a month and help us and continue it, to produce all that's holy goodness. That's right, and and the goodness of holiness will 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 blossom. That's right, Donald, because Craig and I both have our sights set on creating more than one podcast and show. We want to do a whole network of some It'll things. But be a whole... it begins with one dollar. That's that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one dollar at just, a time. And just like that wonderful Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Where they take the few dollars that's left and they put them together and say, Oh, what do they say? Go have babies or whatever. Do you remember that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Run to the road. Go and multiply. That's right. That's Go right. Multiply. Yeah. So hey, you know, if we if we get just one one dollars, we'll just put them in a basket, and let them do their thing. The, who knows what will <laughs> happen next? We we will give thanks to God beforehand. We don't know what'll happen, but we're thanking God for whatever it is. Oh uh, yeah. So thank you for your support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We got to work on Love our. Com- we need. We need. We need a jingle for our for our commercial. Patreon, Patreon, get on Does board with Patreon. Pa- there we go. I don't know that. I hope there's no copyright on that term. You know, Probably so. is. So something I didn't throw in the agenda for us to discuss, but I, but I was thinking about you know, Advent is such a great time of year for people to join a church congregation to participate and kind of like start afresh, right? And I'll right. tell you, I have a terrible time inviting people to church. I don't know if it's easy for you, mm. but it is kind of hard. I'd be honest I, with you. I mean, I remember as a kid in high school, I was my my sister would always tell me about her friends who you know liked me, yes. and I was always too chicken to ask anybody for a date, you know. And so as it was, we just kind of hung out as friends, and then you know, I kind of had a girlfriend in high school, but it's just because she was part of the youth group we all hung out with. And it was just like, not really even remember saying, hey, let's go out kind of a thing, but eventually did. And even with Carla, I mean, we've been together over 42 years. And, oh, wow. and, and it was the same kind of situation. We all hung out as friends, college fellowship, you know, eventually morphs into, hey, let's go out and do something together, you know, but it, but it was never like, I want to ask somebody out on a date. That's just too scary. It is. 
which got me thinking about that's probably part of my you know hesitancy to hey you know I've, I've got a few friends and it's like hey you know Advent be a great time to give the church another chance come on and come on and join us which right. then leads me to this next thing and I you know I I've tried to listen to pop music just to yes. expand my repertoire oh yeah and and so I um there's a there's a there's a local Boise radio station, yes. 102 FM. Okay. And I listen to Joey and Lauren in the morning. And mm-hmm. they do this one episode called, or this part of their morning show is called Makeup or Breakup. And, Makeup and breakup. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a portion of this and just to hear how this conversation goes. Let's see. Hopefully it'll come across clearly. Mm-hmm. Makeup or Breakup with Joey like and Lauren in the morning. It's Joey and Lauren. It is Makeup or Breakup. And this is a little bit of a doozy, Lauren. Adam invited Tabby over to his house, not for Thanksgiving, but around the thing, like Black Friday to hang out with his family. Is that right? Oh, I mean, that's what I was reading. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So, Adam, was this a first date where she's seeing your family for the first time? That's kind of a lot. It was the first time she'd met my family, but it wasn't the first date. Oh, okay. All oh, right. good. So explain this. So you guys have, have gone out before. It's obviously around the holidays. And this was it. Did you have her over for Thanksgiving dinner itself or, like, for a little bit of time afterward? Like, how did it – what day was it? No, it was, uh, it was on Black Friday. It was the day after. You know, we are just kind of hanging out, playing some games, having some family time. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. 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 So um, you, you invite her over to hang out with your family, play games – do you worry that maybe there was a little pressure with being around your family or did she seem to react okay? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of me that's concerned that that was the issue, but I mean, I hope not. Okay, okay. So <laughs> you go, you have Tabby over to your house, they meet a little bit of the family, you have some food, drink, whatever, and then uh, you haven't heard anything since then. So it's been a few days since Black Friday. Um have you have you like pre apologized or any of that? You know how Lauren, some people will like text and be like, "Hey, if it was my family, my bad." Did you do anything like that, or you just still no response? No, just no response. Okay, mm. just no response. All right. Okay, what were the games you were playing? Was it like Risk or one of those <laughs> stupid long games? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. One of those games that's like goes on forever and ever, and then it was just like exhausting. Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Sellers of <laughs> you oh, called it, Cody. You called okay. it. Okay, that would have. Yeah, I would have never texted you either, man. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, we'll play a song. We'll come back. We'll call Tabby. Okay. Uh, okay. So, advice, advice this girl over this woman, and and yeah, you didn't play one of those long games like Risk or something. You called it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that I was really joking? The... And it's like, okay, so. You know, whenever I've invited somebody to the church, it's like I'm really kind of concerned about, oh, no, is it going to be a good Sunday? Right. Are we going to sing some really weird song? You know, is there something like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Am I going to, is it, is it, and then and after they visit, you don't hear from them. They don't show up the next Sunday. And the oh. next Sunday is like, okay, do I follow up or yeah, what do you, do you send do? that preemptive <laughs> apology? Hey, I'm sorry. I was kind of uncomfortable. A little bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I understand. <laughs> And so what they do with this makeup or breakup, so they talk to one of the parties and then they call the other (laughs) and say, hey, what's going on here? So good. Okay, we got Adam with us. Uh, Hung out with Tabby on Black Friday at his house or his family's house. She met a lot of his family. Bold move. (laughs) And obviously now we're sitting in a makeup or breakup situation. So we'll talk to Tabby when we return. It's time to make up or break up with Joey and Lauren in the morning. It's Joey and Lauren. It's makeup or breakup. I don't know if we've had a situation like this, Lauren, but Adam uh, hung out with Tabby at his family's place, and she met his family on Black Friday, and yeah, they played some I, games and hung out. I sometimes wonder if we're overthinking this. I think our gut reaction goes, "Oh, the family yeah. right around Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, what were you thinking?" But then again, <laughs> like I feel like Adam wouldn't invite her over if it felt like too much. He seemed to have been in a good, comfortable place with her enough to say, "Hey." come by it's casual we're playing games yeah i think one thing is if you were seeing someone and talking to somebody online around the holidays and you want to see each other on the weekend yeah this may be a natural thing to be like well i'm with my family on black friday and you could see maybe it's like okay well i'll hang out but that's a lot to unpack so we've got tabby's number let's talk to her so they just call you're just like (laughs) 
What if they don't answer? Hello? Hi, Tabby. Uh, yeah, may I ask who's calling? Tabby, no problem. This is uh, Joey and Lauren in the morning, morning radio show. And um, Hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. What's going on? Well, <laughs> What's hi. Happening? Yeah. No. Well, Adam wanted us to reach out to you. Uh, a guy that oh, recently... No. <laughs> you met him and you met his family, we understand, on Black Friday. Yeah, I... I... I'm not one to ghost. I I've been paralyzed with the awkwardness. <laughs> I okay. okay. So listen, we went on a few dates. It went really well. He's a really great guy. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. He invited me over for like a casual hang on Black Friday. You know, like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. just hang out, play some games. And I knew his family was going to be there. I was aware, uh, but I did not realize how many of them there would be. There was just, like, so many people in the house. It was crazy. Probably, like, 35 people. Just oh, aunts, gosh, uncles, okay. cousins. Oh, my grandma gosh. was there. Oh, so big, my gosh. Big, big, big family, almost like a family reunion. It was like a wedding. It was it was Wow. Nuts. Okay, so he has a big um, family. That, I mean, it was pretty overwhelming just like that, but mm. they were, like, so comfortable with me. It was mm. so weird. They were, like, grabbing me and hugging me and all this, and they were being kind of, like, <laughs> a little mean when we were playing games, like, kind of mock. Okay, so. Here we go. Thinking of my analogy here. You've invited somebody to church. They're here. Mm. Now, I don't know if your church does this, this, but most of the churches I've ever been a, a pastor in, somebody new walks through the door. Yes. And they just get swarmed, right? That's true. And yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, nice to see you. Glad you're here. What's your name? What's your life story? Do you, you know? <laughs> You know, I, do you like black, you know, Black Lives Matter? Or are you? I was like, I don't know. And you, you don't know. They don't know what the right answer is. Do I say no? Do I say yes? It's like, <laughs> oh man. And you know, people just get pounded on when they're like, oh, fresh meat all of a sudden shows. Yeah, up, that's right? true. <laughs> kind of like the cats you were talking about and the yeah. food in the tire. It's that's like, right. oh, let's get you know, and they all come. Oh boy. So yeah, so she's overwhelmed. And... See me and stuff <sighs> making fun of me like. As if we knew each other, just a okay. little odd. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But then it got super weird because his mom took me aside at some point and was like, oh, when are you going to give me some grandbabies? And the oh, oh, my gosh. Like, Man, we are strangers. Oh, no. So, um, oh, no. I didn't even think no. about You know, I, when we had talked to Adam, I was wondering, oh, maybe – Maybe the game was annoying or too long, or maybe there's a lot of weirdness with family, but I didn't think about the awkward yeah. conversations that could have happened uh, with mom. I mean, yeah, clearly like, she was, was joking. Lot, and then it was just you way too much. <laughs> so yeah. do you think she was joking? Or? Okay, I'm going to It was a lot, and then it was just way too much. Yes. So oh, then wow. It's, um, I remember, especially in one particular congregation where I pastored, and I'd see that new person who would come in, and then I'd see them in conversation with a particular person. Yeah. And I would go, oh, 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 no. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. We, Mine has been, actually, the church here, the churches here are, are they don't swarm. It's not crazy, but they yeah. do a good job greeting and saying, hi, you know, yeah, you know. But on occasion... There will be an excited person if they bring in like kids or if they're young and they're like, it's so great to have a young person with kids, <laughs> you know, and then and then the choir person is like, oh, we have a choir. You need to sing with us. You know, that kind of thing. Are you a tenor? Are you an alto? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that I could be similar to that. Are you going to give me babies? Or... <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Wow, wow, wow. So here, here, here's, here's a thought. Wouldn't this be an awesome service for us to provide? Mm. Hey church, you had that wonderful visitor, and you haven't heard back from them. Can, can we do an ecclesiastical oh, make up I or love break it. up? I like it. Tell us why. Yeah, um, that would be good. You know, it would be helpful to me. There are times that I'm like, gosh, they were coming for you know several, yeah. you know, a month, good three, four times. Everything seemed good. They even volunteered to like help out with this thing, and then they were gone. And yeah. what happened? Yeah, yeah. There's times I've so so I'm gonna put that out there. That could be part of another Patreon-oriented project. Help Ooh. support make up or break up the church, church edition. edition. I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that I think I need awesome. to call uh Joey and Lauren, see if they if we can like, you know, tag yeah. them so you don't break any copyright kind of that thing. That would they, be you know. good. But uh oh that would be good. I love it. And the reason I was thinking about this was Advent. What a great time to start a new tradition. It's the beginning of the liturgical year. 
Anyway. I love it. It's good stuff. So, uh, good stuff. So I don't think we have time to go into the Advent songs that we I wanted to share. We'll do yeah. that next time. So, next time. Next week is a good week to talk. Yeah, so songs. so find, find some of those Advent tunes that you're thinking of. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, what are some good ones? Some of the ones that go under the radar, you know. So. I like it. All right. So, all right. Hey, as our conclusion, here's what I did for fun. I don't know okay. if it'll work. Let's see what we got. Okay. I well. put in another icebreaker oh this would be more of like a water freezer rather than an ice breaker (laughs) it's at the end freeze it solid okay what's the question oh well this is a good one here okay if uh if your day was 25 hours long yes what would you do with the extra hour extra hour oh uh, are you going you first oh i guess it looks like i yeah it looks like i'm first so (laughs) um so I think I, I think I'd accidentally sleep. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so this morning, this morning, I I I don't know what I did yesterday, but when I woke up, I did something wrong with my phone, and so my alarm didn't go off this morning. Yeah, and I usually wake up at about five o'clock, Oof. and um, then you know my my day slowly begins. I've got my morning rituals and prayer, reading, meditation, whole bit, you know. Yep. And today. I, I, I heard so. And Carla leaves in the morning to go to the gym. She leaves at four forty-five for a five o'clock, kind of like a CrossFit class. Oh wow! And I remember hearing her go out the door this morning, and then the next thing I hear is the door <laughs> again, and okay. it's an hour and ten minutes later. Oh my gosh. It in my mind it was the same noise, right? I hear the door making noise, then I hear the door making noise. I had no idea that uh about 75 minutes had passed. So about and, an hour, an extra yeah. hour. And oh, and it was like and I and that and I looked at my, you know, sleep monitor from my watch and it scored really high like this is the best sleep you've had in 2 weeks. <laughs> and it's like, huh. Well, <laughs> huh? I wonder. Well, you you needed it. I guess that's what it would be. It would be sleep. So it would be. Uh, same answer here, man. I think sleep, uh, and that's a good. Actually, honestly, it's a good thing. Although, I I'm gonna say that's what I would hope I would do. But I'll be honest. I'm like kind of like you. I always wake up before my alarm goes off. My body, it's like it knows. Uh, like the act of setting it on my alarm, then. Yeah internally sets one i'm i'm not even joking it's almost like clockwork like i even if i change the alarm like say one day i'm like i am gonna sleep in you know a little bit uh so i'll you know set it for six six thirty instead of say six or whatever at six twenty two i'm waking up and i'm like well the, my body is just in tune with that it just knows like hey it's yeah, time yeah. it's time to get up so <clears throat> I guess as long as I'm setting an alarm for that extra hour, I might I might get it. I might get that extra hour. Otherwise, I probably would just end up, gosh, what would I do? Maybe I could finally <laughs> binge and watch uh, Ted Lasso, Lasso and get it done. Ooh, yeah, it takes more than one hour. <laughs> but every day, one extra yeah, hour a day. One extra hour every day. <laughs> I guess that's not you're, technically you're, binging. If as I'm it, not if mistaken, I... your problem with Ted Lasso completion is not watching I know. it. Not, not time. Well, I thought it was you were trying to watch it with Lisa. With Lisa. So maybe so, that yeah. hour will give us one extra hour together. To So whether or not you need that extra hour, she does. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's really a shame when your spouse has a job where they actually have to be at a certain place at a certain yeah, time to right? do their work. Where like, I mean... You and I get to like, well, I pop, I, pop, I can, pop it here, pop it I here. Know. I yeah. can do a little work from the gym. I can do a little work from the track. I can do a lot mm-hmm. of work in my, you know, office. Yep. Coffee yep, shop. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So those are, that's what I would hope I could do. Something along those lines. You Either know, the rest or use it to, to do something with Lisa. So you do know that you and I are both religious professionals and the correct answer would have been something like prayer. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I said, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think we both said prayer. Yeah. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. There we go. Another episode in the bag. Another in the bag. Boom. We are done. So, we hey, did goodbye, it. everybody. And thank you for thinking about supporting us. It's a wonderful Christmas gift to send us your dollar uh, so we can get that really <laughs> wonderful. I think McDonald's coffee. Is it still a buck? It might still be a buck. There you go. Yeah. So we can get some McDonald's is, coffee, which is refillable. Look, there's the play out music. Oh, I know. So I, I really do love this sesh app, I think. Does it actually, does this music show up in the... Yeah, it just came up. Yeah, it just started, like, playing, like, it, it means, be quiet, you're over the agenda. <laughs> It'll be in the recording and everything? We'll see. Okay. All right. I will end that meeting, and I think we are, I think we're done. We did it. We did it. Stop recording. Bye. Bye.